and hope is hard to find. A new collection of real-life stories from Fox News's Harris Faulkner reveals how salvation came when it was needed most. Faith still moves mountains. Miraculous stories of the healing power of prayer. Order now at foxnewsbooks.com. As President Trump's first deputy national security advisor, she helped set standards in the White House. In the Pentagon, she was the equivalent to a four-star general. And now, it's time to set the record straight. It's The Briefing with KT McFarland, exclusively on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And uh, every week I get to talk to my next guest, who might be in the top three, top two uh, list of favorite guests I've had. Uh, in the whole entirety of my entire radio career, and I get to talk to her all the time. So it's pretty good, pretty big deal when KT McFarland's in the house. Uh, but uh, KT, thank you for being here. I don't think that you and I have spoken since the election. If we did, I don't remember what we talked about. Um, but it is, you know, <laughs> typical, like, you know, modern-day America. We're the most, you know, sophisticated civilization in the history of the world, and we can't count, you know, 2 million ballots in Arizona sometime between Tuesday to Tuesday. Um, but having said that, uh, as we move forward, people are thinking about 2024 in a big time way. And man, did the hammer get dropped on that right out of the gate. Michael Goodwin, another one of the most interesting people in the world to have on uh, talk radio, uh, immediately uh, has big front page coverage of the New York Post, which Post was very good to Trump in his uh, presidency and tried to get the Hunter laptop out there and so forth. But big front page story day after the election, uh, Trump's lost his swing. KT McFarland, you were part of the Trump administration. Uh, you have seen how he uh, differed than other Republican establishment candidates in the past. Uh, are we going to have a bloodbath in the primary or can we can we help people be convinced to make the wise choice? And let's just aim all the enemy fire at the other guys. No, look, here's what's really fascinating, is that all the people who we think that say the 20 people or so who are going to want to throw their hat in the ring for... They're not! KT, stop! Stop! That list does not exist. Yes, there's lists that newspapers are printing. The New York Times has a list of names. But do you honestly think that Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or even... And I'm very doubtful that even Ron DeSantis or Glenn Youngkin are going to legit put their name in there when they have seen every single public poll done on Trump, and aside from that weird outlier the, the night after the election, he clobbers them in Republican circles. You know, we're two years out, and if somebody were to say at the same point in 2014-15, who are you going to support for the 2016 candidacy, no one would have said Trump. I mean, Trump wasn't even somebody, think he, was, he may have been thinking about running, but the rest of the country wasn't. So I think that to say, oh, this person or that person is for sure running or this person or that person for sure has the nomination, it's really premature. The one point I would make, though, is that all the people who are on the national scene, okay, maybe they're not going to run, maybe they are going to run, but the people who are on the national scene that look like they're part of the Republican bench, they're all pretty much in agreement on policy. And that's what's fascinating. Yeah. You know, the Democrats... They, they have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, I guess, Gavin Newsom, but, but their, their politics are all over the place. You know, are they hard Green New Deal or are they conservative Democrats? Are they Clinton Democrats? Are they pro-war Democrats? Are they isolationist Democrats? Are they Wall Street Democrats? Are they country club Democrats? They're all over the place on policy. 
whereas the Republicans, at least the ones that I would say maybe the top 20, um, they're all pretty much in agreement. There may be a little bit of a difference over on how to deal with Ukraine, and but for the most part, they're absolutely Trump foreign policy, Trump economic policy, and Trump's yep. policies were Reagan's policies. So cut taxes, cut red tape, um, grow the economy, and in our case, we have the opportunity to restart the American fossil fuel industry, um, clean American coal and natural gas and and oil, all the Republicans are talking about those things and standing up to China, re, um, taking away China's ability to sort of strangle us economically, using American technology to rebuild our military, particularly our Navy. Everybody on the Republican side is singing from that same song sheet. So I find it really fascinating that it's going to now be the Democrats, who you would think they would all be together, right? Because they have the White House, they have the Senate, it's their guy. But they're all, all over the place, whereas the Republicans, um, I think a lot of it will just come down to which guy do you like better, which guy or gal do you like better, because the policies are going to be the same. I, I, would, I, would, agree, I would tend to agree with you, uh, KT. And your analogy to 2016, um, and I, I seldom do this, but I think it's a little faulty uh, from this reason. There was no clear incumbent who had been robbed of an election in in the previous cycle. And I think that for the Trump base, and again, you go to CPAC, you go to uh, Turning Point USA, you go to any of the big conferences, and they all do the polls, and they all turn out the same way. Trump, 70 to 80 percent. DeSantis, 10 to 15 percent. All the other also rands, uh, you know, 5 5 percent or less. And it's and that's been that way for the full last two years. And I think part of the reason is he started the America First Policy Institute. So they've been talking his policy for the last two years. And it's become look at look how he won 219 of 235 races on election night this year of the ones he endorsed 219 wins. What did they all talk about? All the stuff that he talked about in 2016. It's all the same thing because Biden basically went back to Obama's playbook. So now we get to repudi- repudiate it, all of it a second time, only he's made it a lot worse with the war on energy uh, being ramped up to the degree that it has. But I, I just I, – I, I mean, and I don't do a lot of political consulting for a living, but if I was talking to any of these guys, I would say, do you want to go up against that? D- d- you have to convince – a rather united party right now that that the guy that got him there is not the guy that still has the same vision for it and you've got to turn him against him what does that do in a primary process when we need to have every soldier at the ready uh, to take on Biden and the left well one thing I would agree with is that that the Republican Party will be this will be decided early on yeah unlike Unlike 2016, where Trump seemed to come out of no place and come late, and it took him month after month after month after month to sort of do away with the 16 rivals. This time around, I think that Republicans will coalesce quite quickly, again, because the policies are the same. And if it is Donald Trump, he'll, he'll be the front runner quite early on. No else will be able to raise money or will even probably want to run. They'll all be busy well, did you trying see- to see who can be vice president to Donald Trump. Yeah, that's the more interesting question for everyone. Um, did you see that Iowa turned its entire congressional slate red on Tuesday night? A lot of people have not talked about some of the better stories of last Tuesday's election, but their entire congressional delegation is Republican. Can you imagine the advantage of America First Republicans as congressional reps uh, for, for Donald Trump in the First of the Nation caucuses? And then 
I don't see New Hampshire being a breakthrough place for somebody uh, that I mean, maybe Liz Cheney, if she's really like trying to, you know, stick it to the big guy, you know, like whatever. But then South Carolina comes and I think he cleans clocks there and, and then it's over. It's to your point. It's done in, in, in less it's than three contests. Yeah. It's done yeah. 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 That's interesting. But, so, let, you know, we have a, we have a, you know, the good news is that whoever it is, it's the right policies. And the really good news is we have a lot of great Republicans who are either going to run for president or be in a cabinet of the next Republican president. Yeah. I mean, a vice no, president. No, our bench, our bench is huge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and our, our bench is going to be great for a long time because they're because he they're because young. he rewrote he rewrote the doctrine for the party. And to be candid, I don't know that McConnell survives a leadership test here. Like, I think that he's you you lose the Senate and back to back. Cycles. I think you kind of like need to put an America firster in that place uh, somewhere in the Senate. But that's another uh, discussion for another time. KT McFarland, you are always so insightful. Thank you for being with us. Honor and a pleasure. Thank you. There you go. She's off to deep fryer turkey. Thanks. Kevin McCullough coming right back.